Hi, my name is Sharon Pittman and I'm an educator in Columbus, Georgia. Uh, this is my sixth year teaching and as, well not sixth year, seventh year teaching, I'm sorry. I've completed six starting seven. And through the years, I've done a lot of reflecting over what I knew as a child growing up, the information that was told to me about what I needed to do or what I should be doing. And then I think about the relationships that I've built with my students over the years and the information that is being given to them. And I feel like we're only telling half-truths and we're not giving all of the information. And so I partnered with my oldest sister, Coretta, and we decided to begin a conversation. The book Admission Possible um, was originally an idea of my oldest sister, Coretta. Um, she wanted to write about being a first-generation grad and some of those experiences that she had to face, you know, for the first time and without much guidance. You know, um, the things, you know, you know, they tell you in high school to get you hyped up and ready to go to college. And, but the information that is left out is what is key here. And when she said something about it, I immediately wanted to be a part of that. Um, you know, I remember in high school, you know, looking forward, you know, to go to college, not because someone said, oh, you had to go, or I felt pressured into it. It's because, you know, I had two older sisters, and two older sisters, and they're both gone off to college, and you know, hey, just following the path laid in front of me thinking, you know, that's the right option. Now, I'm not going to say it's not, it wasn't the right option for myself because I always knew, at least since middle school, that I wanted to be an educator. So I knew that I was going to have to go to college. That was just the path I was going to have to take. Um, but at the same time, you know, looking back with, you know, quote unquote, 2020 hindsight, I didn't really give much thought, attention, or time to consider doing anything else either. And, you know, sometimes I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's 50-50. Had I considered other career options or explored them, looked into them, knew more about them, maybe I would have even made a, a different decision. And so, you know, our experiences are different, but the whole purpose is just to help those thinking about it. Thinking about going to school after graduating college or, you know, even later on in life or even going back, you know, it's really important to take the time to really consider the pros and cons. Is it necessary? Um, you know, what are the short-term benefits, long-term benefits? What's the outcome that I really hope to obtain and so, you know, college offers a lot of things and it, they give you a lot of promises and guarantees and they throw a lot of figures out, you know, at you. 
but then there are other things that they don't talk to you much about they don't you know stress enough about you know financial aid and how much it's going to cost and really you know living on a budget and you know for a lot of you know fresh adults you know you're not used to having the kind of money you end up with and you know if mom and dad or whomever the the responsible people are in your life if they're not you know staying on you then a lot of times you go and you blow it and then you just end up in a lot of debt so i feel like this book not only highlights our experiences and what experiences that others may go through or have gone through but we've tried to give resources and kind of stress the fact that we need to start learning how to use those resources asking for help when we need it um, I'm excited about the book I'm excited to share my experience I feel like we all go through different things in our lives and we're never the only person and I feel like if we could you know put our pride down and share more of our experiences, we could help more people out. So go to Barnes and Noble at Mission Possible by Coretta King and Sharon Pittman. Order the book, it's only $12. And then download the free Nook app and your book will be right there, ready for you to read. Enjoy. Mission Possible Reflection Part 1. Hi, this is Sharon King Pittman, and I am the co-author of Admission Possible with my older sister, Coretta King. Now, we both share our experiences with going to college as first-generation grads in our family, our immediate family. Um, but after we share our experiences, we discuss our reflections over those experiences and what we really want people to take away from the book. So one of the major things that I would like people to take away is we all have a choice. Life is about choices, the ones we actively make and the ones we passively make. And our choices are influenced by our associations kind of people we hang around, their character, their moral standing, you know, the things that they value and do not value all affect, you know, the choices that we make. So when we're making choices or when we're thinking about college, you know, the choices are, do I go, do I not go? Uh, if I go, when do I go? Do I go right out of high school? Should I wait? Um, how am I going to pay for college is, is a, a decision, a choice that has to be made. Can I afford it? Can I afford that student loan? What is my career path? Do I need to even go to college? Um, you know, will my career path, you know, allow me to be able to pay off a student loan in a timely fashion? Will I get paid enough or will I struggle, you know, to pay it back off? Is there a way that I could possibly go for free you know, where are the scholarships and grants and which ones do I need to apply for and, you know, 
why do I have to write the essay for the scholarship? Do they really read the essay, you know, for the scholarship? Uh, I mean, there are a lot of questions that need to be answered and thought about before making that choice because, you know, it's a big choice. Um, it affects, you know, the rest of your life in one way or another. So, you know, you have to think about those things. And then those people in your ear, your associations, what are they, what are they saying? Are they going? What are they talking about? You know, you know, the saying is, you know, you got nine broke friends, you're the 10th one, you know? So are the people that you're talking to talking about the same things you're talking about? You know, do your associations need to change so that you can make better or sound decisions? Um, all these things are a factor and so you know and people read our stories and when they're considering you know fresh out of high school or you know you might be thinking about a different career path or advancement in your career path you know your associations are something to think about as well as you know really all the choices and how those choices will affect you either at the present moment or later on, you know, it's all something to think about. And so we should reflect on those things before making, you know, a hasty decision. You know, like I've shared, um, I went to college, A, because two of my sisters older than me, they were already, you know, one had already graduated from college, I believe, and the other one was in college. So it seemed like that what was what I was supposed to do you know, going to school, you know, everybody was kind of pushing, going to college, oh, you're smart, this or that, you know, you should go to college, blah, blah, blah. But also, I knew I was going to college because of the career path that I had chosen. That career path required it, so I knew I had to go. But the question is, do you? Do you have to go to college, and are you sure? Or is it just what somebody else says you should do? And if it's what somebody else says you should do, then the question then becomes, well, who are you living for? Today, what I think is most important, you guys, is interactions um, and not just interactions but the interactions uh, between children and adults so this really like hit home for me this past week of course you know teaching this year has been completely different from all years previous um, just due to the pandemic and everything that's going on we want to you know make sure we're ensuring that children are safe and that we're keeping ourselves safe because we all have to go home, you know, to our families. And so my daughter started school, of course, online like everyone else. And I chose to send her back once the school was open. And I chose for my daughter to actually switch schools. I had, you know, I applied for her to be in a magnet program because I was paying attention to what my daughter really likes. And what I noticed is that she likes a lot of arts and crafts and music and dancing. And so the school that I chose had a magnet program in that, and they offered extra specials that other schools may not have in those areas. And so I thought that she would like it. 
And honestly, she did. She did like those specials. She liked going to theater and dance and music and art. And she loved those. But the issue comes in with the interaction between her and her teacher. Now, I remember all too well back to the first grade and I had a certain interaction with my first grade teacher that wasn't all too pleasant. And it really shaped how I behaved the rest of that school year and for many years to come. It shaped my perception, you know, the way I thought, the way I saw my teachers in their role in my life. Um, And it, you know, so I went from being a good student to being a bad student very quickly. Not bad academically, but bad as far as behavior. I was disruptive because I was always talking and things like that. And so this week, you know, it's the first week uh, back for face-to-face students, uh, those students in the classroom. And every day this week, I promise, I got an email from my child's teacher. Now, my child, my daughter has not really gotten in trouble since she's been in school. We've had one issue and that's it. And so when the teacher started emailing me and telling me all these things about my child, my child is this, my child is that, and the third, it really bothered me. And every day I was talking to my daughter, like, what's going on? You know, like, what's happening? What is she talking about? What really went on? You know, what's your side? you know, trying to see, you know, see what was going on. And I had a talk with her. I said, you know, if, if you don't like being at this school, if it's, you know, being here, if you don't really like it or you're not, you don't feel like you'll be able to learn, you know, just tell me you don't have to go to this school. You know, she could go back to her home school. And, and that was no problem for me. You know, I just wanted to kind of give her an opportunity to explore those, those things that she liked. And so she said, okay, you know, and I told her at the end of the week, we're going to make a decision. Let's get through this first week. So, okay, but like I said, every day. And so Thursday was the day of reckoning, I guess you could say, because the teacher once again emails me and, you know, I'm having a hard time believing these things, not because I don't know any better, just because I've never seen, encountered, or experienced the issues that she is talking about. So... I was fed up, you know, because as a teacher, you know, I'm in front of a classroom. I'm teaching students. I have students in front of me that need my help, but I'm also a parent. And so I have to, you know, keep in mind, you know, my children and what they need and what's going on with them. And, you know, every day this week, it's been an issue. So I go over there and I check my child out and I let them know that I'm going to withdraw her and I'm going to take her back to her home school. But I wanted to meet with the teacher. Now, when I talked to my daughter in the car, she told me that the teacher calls her a name that I was so not pleased with. So I got my meeting and I asked her about it. Of course, it was denied that she said it, but I just don't believe that a third grader would pull this word out of the air and say somebody called them that. So, however, but I got her switched over. That Friday, I met with the people at her home school. I got her registered, got her Chromebook and everything, got her straight for Monday. And she was so happy the whole time. And so a part of me felt relieved that my child was happy and was excited and looking forward once again to go to school. And so this later on that day, Friday, 
I'm, you know, I'm driving and I'm listening to my children talk. My daughter was talking to her brother and she was just talking about how unwelcome she felt at that school, like they didn't want her there and the kids didn't like her and things of that nature. And that part really bothered me that, you know, my child had to experience being in a place that she belonged but wasn't welcomed. Um, And so that, you know, just really pressed upon me the importance of our interactions, what we say, what we do, how we look, you know, our body language, you know, because children are perceptive. You know, a lot of times we don't give them enough credit for what they know and give them too much credit on things they don't know. Um, But one thing that they are is perceptive and they can tell you know, if someone is for them or against them, if someone cares about them and their well-being or doesn't want to be bothered with them. And these things do shape children's behavior, their decisions, what they try to do, what they don't try to do, um, what they aim for, their goals, their outlook on life. And so we have to be careful and mindful, you know, as parents, adults, but especially as educators, because educators do spend a lot of time with children. We spend the majority of their day with them. You know, and just imagine if a child goes from class to class to class to class to home and all day long at school they felt unwanted and unwelcome and then what if they go home and feel the same way too? What does life look like for that child? So, you know, I'm putting a charge out there. Adults, parents, children, older siblings, um, extended family, church members, however, whatever. We have to be mindful of how we treat our children. And not just our children, but other children, all children. What are we saying to them? What does our behavior tell them? What do our mannerisms say to them? Are we hurting them with our actions? Are we hurting them with our words? What are we doing? And if it's not good what we're doing, what can we do to change that? How can we fix it? How can we give them a better tomorrow by how we act or what we say today? How can we do that? And once we figure this out, are we willing to do it? We need to be. They need us to be.